I don't know how long this is going to take this morning. So, leave whenever you want. Um, I have some things I want to say, and and uh, but not not. I have some notes, but not a whole bunch of notes. But um, for those of you who don't know, this morning's my my last morning uh, preaching on Sunday morning, and not forever. But uh, I'll probably, hopefully, I get to come back, invited back. Um, but uh, next week is going to be the commissioning and. Um, so Eric Johnson will be here with us and, and, uh, of course, Brandon and Amy and the family. And, um, so we'll just get the prayer over them and kind of put them in, in place. And, and then the week after that, we're a whole bunch of us will be gone, uh, to Rancho, Mexico. So missing that Sunday. And, um, and then July is after that. And, uh, anyway, so this, it, it kind of ended up being the last Sunday and, um, it was really interesting, kind of preparing because I didn't, I didn't just want to preach. I um, just trying to figure out, like, what do I want to say? Like, what do I, how do you say? Um, how do you say goodbye? How do you say, ta-da? Or I don't know. How do you say it? You know, what do you, what do you do? What do you say? And, and so I, I kind of just wrote some things down, and I kind of want to tell the story because I know a whole bunch of us have been here. Uh, since the, before I was here, but um, I've been here the entire time. But some of us have come somewhere along the, the road, and I kind of want to tell a little bit of the story um, and kind of highlights um, for me. And and there's a bunch of things. Shannon and I were just talking even this morning. There's a bunch of things that she was bringing up. Like, oh yeah, there are things I forgot, and I'm sure all of you guys have highlights that I will have forgotten. Um, but as I thought through and just things that stuck out to me and and moments that I just were, were fun. But uh, I was 29 years old when when I accepted, when we accepted the position here. And uh, I know, it. I'm older than that now. And uh, yeah, and I, I, um, I actually started on my first day in the office was my, my 30th birthday. And uh, Steve was still here, um, Backlund. We shared and kind of were here for three months together, which was very scary leading up to it, but was awesome the three months we spent together, kind of learning and figuring out what is going on. And, uh, and very, it was a great transition and as far as, as I was concerned. And, um, I remember those early, the early, the first few years, of course, Steve and Kim, came over with us uh, and I didn't know I remember having that conversation with them sitting down with them and I'm like I don't know what there is to do I don't know if I even can pay you or have a job but it would be awesome if you guys came and so he actually came and, and Buck gave him work at first and so they could come with us and work for Buck for I don't know six months at least maybe longer um, and came over and then, and then of course they came on staff as a worship and an associate and then later on youth. And, and uh, I remember that first season was actually, when I think back of it, it was a lot about um, balancing the budget, <laughs> trying to figure out how we were going to pay the bills. And, 
And um, and I remember one time specifically, and during that time was before Shannon was uh, was working, and so we kind of for the first year or even two years we were here a lot together. And I remember sitting uh, in staff and looking, and Shannon saying, "Our power bill is still too high. Our power bill is still too high. If it stays, we can't, we won't be able to pay it. We got to figure." Out. And so we got up from from staff and walked out. And I don't remember all who was there at that time. Um, Dale, oh yeah, Dale Kaz was there uh, helping run the office at that time. Joy was there. Um, Shannon, myself, Steve, probably Kim, uh, Steve Schmidt. We had kind of a group. And we went out and stood at the breaker box behind the office and flipped all the breakers to figure out which was making the meter spin the fastest. And, uh, and sure enough, we found one. We flipped one and the meter slowed way down. We're like, that's it. And it was a heater for the for the bathrooms down there. And so the next came the inspiring speech of sitting on cold toilets to save. I said, you can sit on a nice warm toilet out there or you can get paid. What do you want to do? And so I remember it was it was a, it was fun. And, uh, and I remember that that first season, um, Steve and I pretty much repainting. And kind of re everything, but but the sanctuary we did some stuff in the sanctuary too, but uh, repainting all the outbuildings and rebuilding things and adding offices and adding walls and um, all kinds of projects and and uh, I remember learning learning church. I remember too uh, one of the things that you can't prepare for. I'd been a youth pastor since I was really young, since I was uh, basically 19. And so it had been a few years. And I remember being on the other end of the phone when someone at youth group would get hurt or something in the church would get broken. And I I remember a bunch of those conversations over the 10 or so years. And... uh, and then all of a sudden, I was on the other side of the other side of the phone call, and I remember one time a phone call about um, an incident with a sword at youth group. A call from the hospital that someone sliced open their hand, and we've got a you know I don't remember 15 stitches or I don't know as much. What were you guys doing? Well, we were playing with a sword at youth group. Doesn't seem like I should have to say this, but please, no more swords at youth group. It wasn't a, like a commissioning or anything like that. It was just playing with a sword. I thought, oh, I got off the phone thinking, I'm definitely on the other side of, of this. I remember back when I was a youth pastor playing with golf clubs. Kids were playing with golf clubs in the church. And someone had swung a golf club and it slipped out of their hands and spun up and stuck. One, one end was in the roof and one end was in the wall. And it was stuck up there, and we couldn't get to it, and we weren't going to be able to get to it anyway. That was my side of like, hey, there's a golf club stuck in the ceiling. I'll take care of it later. Anyway, uh, funny being on the other side of that. Nothing you can can do to prepare for that. I think those first few years, I learned a lot about humility. I remember sitting in my office. Lots of times you have this, these discussions, the full spectrum of people coming. I remember specifically 
someone coming and telling me that they that they would follow me. That they would they were willing to, to call me pastor and that they were willing to follow me. It was a powerful and encouraging moment. And I also remember people coming and telling me the opposite. <laughs> and I just didn't even know what my job was on those. I still I was just like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but there was two things. I, I, during probably the first at least five or six years, I don't hear them as much anymore. But uh, I remember all the time hearing, those are pretty big shoes to fill. Remember, oh, it's you. You're the guy? Oh, those are pretty big shoes to fill. And I remember, you don't look old enough to be a senior pastor. I'm hearing that all the time. Apparently that's changed because I stopped hearing that. I think some gray came in. And... <laughs> or I used to tell people like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I pastor at Mountain Chapel. And they would look at me. And I knew what they were thinking, but they didn't know that I knew what they were thinking. Because I had seen it all the time and they thought maybe that they were the first ones. They would look at me and they would go, oh, like, youth pastor? No, they let me be in charge. I know. Can you believe it? I can't believe it either. Whoa, those are some pretty big shoes to fill. Yeah, I don't know. That's what they say. We had all kinds of fun. And we started doing, uh, I think it was just the second year, we started doing uh, family camp again. Brought family camp back. And, um, I remember Steve Thompson and I being awoke in the middle of the night by an exploding bottle in the fire. It's a longer story, I won't tell. But, uh, I was trying to think through all the stories and actually a whole bunch of stories I can't tell. Like, I can't tell it. I can't tell that story. I can't. Uh, but, um, but those of you that were involved in some of those stories, you know. Oh, I can't tell that story. That was funny. I, uh, I remember... Uh, I remember the first time I went snowmobiling with Jim. It was actually the first time I'd ever been snowmobiling. And I thought, man, that's amazing. I've pretty much ridden almost everything else that they make, even in the sky. And uh, so Jim took me snowmobiling. And I thought what we were doing was normal because I didn't have anything to compare it to. And I found out later that Jim was a little uncomfortable. And I really found out because five, in, in five years he's never taken me again. <laughs> yeah. I remember. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. I remember um, going hiking with Barry and Isaac and Eller were with us and, um, and Walt was with us. And uh, Barry wanted to take a shortcut. And I was like, ah, and he, he, he <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't do this without telling the story, Barry. I, 
And I'm going to tell it with as much honor as I can. Because, <laughs> because it's part of what, what uh, it's part of our history. And I love it. And, and Barry wanted, because of just who Barry is, he's like, there used to be this trail over here and I want to take it and I know where it's at and let's go. And, and, and Walt and all his wisdom was like, I'm not going that way. I am going, I'm sticking on the trail. I'm going to get back and, and so I'm, and, yeah, and Ellen Isaac were there. And, and, uh, and so it was the four of us, I think. And then, yeah, and our dog. And I thought, I can't let Barry go by himself. And yet I have my two little kids. They're pretty little at the time. So Walt took the kids and I went with Barry. And I think we hiked for probably about 45 minutes before I realized we were totally lost. I said, Barry, I think we're going the wrong way. I think, ah, and so we had a map. And anyways, we didn't die. We made it. And uh, we're here. We made it. But uh, it, was a, it was a fun memory. And, and one of the things I, I've always loved about Barry, actually, uh, meant a lot to me. Two, two moments stand out to me about Barry. One of them is when he confronted me when I made a mistake. I did something I shouldn't have done. And he... And it wasn't a big deal, but he came up and he said, "That's you're, you're better than that. And I said, you're right. Thank you. And the second was after this. And he came about two days later, came into my office and uh, just said thanks. Just said thanks and humbled himself. And I said, man, no problem. It was a blast. Like, we didn't die. I'd be upset if we, if we would have died, but we made it. We had to hike for a while. I think he couldn't even move for a couple of days. We had to, it's like, come on, keep going, man. We I mean, we were going through brush, and the dog was like, ugh. <laughs> we were kind of all. But, uh, yeah, you, you've just impacted my heart and the man that you are and that you've been since the beginning. Both of you guys um, are biggest, biggest supporters, biggest um just loved us so well this whole time. It's been amazing to serve you guys. And, and then uh, another story I, I just can't go through today without telling this story, um, which includes Steve and Stuart. And uh, some of you guys will remember this because I, I showed up the next morning to preach after getting home at about 3 a.m., I threw we were stuck in the snow on the top of the mountain in motorcycles all night long, pushing motorcycles 20, 30, 40 feet at a time and with one Mountain Dew <laughs> at the end of the trail. We ended up having to push the bikes uphill through the snow for, about, I don't know, about a mile or so. And it took hours. I've, I've, I don't think I've ever been that tired or like my body wanted to stop, and but it's like, we'll die if we stop. We're just going to be up here forever. Um, and I remember riding home, being all being soaking wet and thinking, I've got to preach tomorrow. And I think I showed up. I was half there. and I have no idea what I preached on, but I th- I'm, I'm sure you guys were kind. <laughs> and then in 2012, we um, had this crazy idea to build a challenge course. And... Um, one of the things that I, that I loved about that season is I, I remember that I remember it was actually on Chris's birthday party. We were sitting 
And um, it was right after Keith and Lisa had left, and which was was impactful for me. You know, Keith was a good friend, and and also just a huge part of where we were trying to take Mountain Chapel. And and, uh, and I thought, man, we can't do this. So I actually went to Danny first, and I was like, I don't know what to do. We can't keep doing this. We have to figure out something to like. We've got to figure something out. And uh, anyway, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I don't know. And so we ended up talking. I ended up talking to Chris, and and we came up with this idea of of, of a leadership training, um, which it didn't. We didn't have this idea, but it was the beginning of that idea, and um, and ended up just a few days later, you know, hiring Dixon. But in that course of that, I came to the our our elder team, and and I was like, this is what I'm gonna do, and they're like, what's that? And I, I don't know, but it's gonna be awesome. And they're like, and I picture that uh, the story of um, Jonathan the armor bearer, and that I came to him and I said, "This is what I feel like we're supposed to do," and and they were like, "Do what's do what's in your heart, do go for it." And uh, I said, "All right." And so I yeah I hired Dixon and we ended up um, first. And part of that, I was like, all right, we'll build this and that, and we'll throw in the money for that staircase we've always wanted to build. And anyway, so we ended up building that staircase. And um, and that's when Larry came on the scene. Larry Jimenez came on the scene. And first met him when we were building that staircase. Um, and then kind of asked him, hey, when we're done with this, we're going to be building something else. We're not really sure yet. We haven't seen one yet, but we're going to build something else. And he's like, yeah, I'll stick around. And and then, of course, Mike showed up with his excavator, and we learned all kinds of things about do's and don'ts with excavators. And I remember um, we were moving these poles. They were, uh, I think they were 55 feet long when we bought them. And um, so we had to put them seven, seven feet in the ground. And, and PUD, it's actually two stories I want to tell. PUD... Um, um, was willing to actually drill the holes for us. But they only were going to give us, I think it was like six hours or something, they, they were allotted to give us of time. And they said, uh, I think that we have uh, 11 holes or 14 holes, something like that. And it's right there next to the creek, obviously you guys know. And, um, and they said, we think we can do all those holes as long as we don't hit any rocks. Because when we hit rocks, then everything slows down and you got to, you know, if you've ever dug a hole, you know. Every hole you ever dig in Trinity County, you hit rocks. And uh, and I was like, hmm, okay. And so that's what we prayed. I remember coming, uh, I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was on Sunday morning, and saying, we got we got to pray that we don't even rocks because we have this much time, and we've got to dig seven-foot deep holes. So there's not like holes you can kind of climb in and clean. <laughs> These are like deeper than you can't even see the bottom of them because it just gets dark down there. And... Um, they dug all those holes. I actually think, let's see, is there 12? 12 holes and didn't hit one rock. 12 holes, 7 feet deep. They're, they're this, about this big around and never hit any rocks. Just whoop, straight down, whoop, straight down, all of them. And I thought, man, that's amazing. And that's a really good sign. But they didn't have time to set the poles. So, we, so, we, so Mike had the excavator and we cleared some trees and did some things. But... Um, 
I remember now these poles, they're about if you've never been out there, they're about this big around. They're huge. And um fifty five feet long and they're just massive. And to just to move them is a bit of a feat. And and we were moving them and you kinda of try to get you want one end and then we were trying to stand them up and and once we almost killed Mike because the chain unhooked and it was one of the first ones. It was like the chain kinda of unhooked and it just kinda of caught in the hole and was like Oh, man, it was scary. It's like, all right, we're not doing chain anymore. Anyway, that was the lesson we learned. And then uh, and then one time, we're moving the log. And so I was on one end. And I don't remember who was on the other end. Maybe Fenton or somebody. Uh, maybe Steve. I don't remember. And we're moving the log. And and it just we just made a sudden movement. I don't remember how it happened. But what happens is when the, that log is hanging, you know, it's horizontal like this, it's hanging. So first the excavator moves, then the line that it's hanging on moves, then the log moves. So it's like this kind of echo thing that happens. Well, anyway, I'm standing, I remember exactly where I was standing because I was up on the, 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 the slight hill on the far corner of our property. You remember this, Mike? <laughs> I think it scared him too. And so... I feel the pole pull away faster than it should. So I know what happens when it swings away. It's swinging back. So I start backpedaling, but I'm right on that hill. So my feet are not doing what I want them to do. So I get about three slides like that, and here it comes. And like a baseball bat hits me, and I just like right in the stomach, and I go flying into the bushes. (laughs) And didn't hurt at all. I mean, knocked the wind out of me a little bit, but didn't hurt. And I'm laying in the bushes just laughing. And uh, I'm like, we got to slow down. This is crazy. But anyway, we had a blast. And we built that whole thing in three weeks. And uh, and, um, Bill, we used your drill. Bill let us borrow his drill. We used his drill. It was all shiny and new when we got it. And and, uh, yeah. Just amazing, all that. Um, all that time we, we poured in blood and sweat and tears. And, and uh, I think Mike just stayed here, slept in his truck. Because I'd go knock on the window about, since the sun would come up, we'd work sun up to sundown. Because we had a date we had to get to. And Larry, same thing, he'd show up first thing in the morning and we just kept giving him Gatorade and coffee and we just kept on one more one more come on a little bit more and just we're amazing and a, a, a whole bunch of you other guys showed up as well and then right around that time is when Kim and Steve went to um, to the coast and we said goodbye to goodbye to them and, and then Dave and Shanna came and they brought something new to us. And I was thinking about you guys. And I was thinking about, again this morning, that since my time, and, and arguably, I would say, all time, I think that um, the music and the quality of worship and the, um, I, I can't say the heart because the heart of worship has always been here. You Mount Chapel's always been a worshiping church, and um, 
But what you guys bring in excellence is, has never been rivaled. And, um, and, uh, that's wonderful. That's a wonderful thing. And, um, and I love that, that we got to, got to experience that. And, uh, and then, of course, Shanna brought a bunch of the stuff we see. Paint colors and the wall of mountains out there, among other things. I saw, uh, who was it? Somebody was wearing, oh, it was Kevin, wearing his coarse shirt with the logo that Shanna designed. And getting to see and it feels like um, two different, I'm trying to say, like, not just with, with Dave and Shanna, but, but kind of pre-course and post-course. And uh, it's like two different seasons. It really was two different seasons, but almost two diff- totally different seasons. And then, you know, all the things that changed after that. And, of course, um, Tim and Anna came on with us. And, um and then all you know, all these other people started showing up, and the course, and the program, and the opportunities brought all these different people. Some of them are here seasonal, and some of them stuck around. Ruben and Emily, Bobby and Jonathan being here now, Daniel and Andrea, and um, yeah, it's just it's it's been fun. Yeah, Eva, yeah. And uh, anyway, it's it's been an honor and just been been an amazing thing. I I wanted to um, I really could just kind of tell stories forever, but I don't want to do that forever. Um, but I, I do want to I I wrote down kind of under um, just things to remember, and there are things that have been on my heart. Um, some of them that I've I've taught on, and I thought about just taking a line from every message I've preached over the last ten years and trying to give you guys that, but it's like 480 messages, so that probably wouldn't have worked. And, but I, I so I just grabbed a couple of things, you know, five or six things that, um, that I just want to I want you guys to keep in mind. They're kind of my my last words, I guess. Um, But remember that there's no such thing as a church without you. You're the body. You're the family. Church doesn't exist unless you show up. Church doesn't exist without you. You're it. You're the church. And I know that, I, that one of the things that I've seen um, over the years is is um, is that it can it can be easy to separate from. Uh, separate from church that church is a and we call this for having church you know and so, and, and I know we know it and, and logistically we know that we are the church we are the body of Christ and I know we know that logistically but I, but I want to just reiterate one of the things that, that if I could leave you with something it would obviously include this that that um, there isn't a church without you church doesn't actually even happen without you 
And I believe that the, that the church will grow in strength and unity if, when we actually really have that as a core value. That the church is less when you're not in it. That the church is, 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 is whole when the people show up. And I don't mean, I don't mean attend. I mean when you, you actually show up with everything that you are. When you, when you are here. Again, I don't mean just attending on Sunday morning. Hopefully, I think you guys know what I mean. Um, and then, I, of course, this is something I've said since the very beginning. I said it, I think, in the first year we were here, and it kind of stuck around and um, has been a, a core value for me is uh, always leave room for what you don't know. And uh, and while it seems simple, it's been super powerful for me that... Um, I'm, I'm, I know this might come as a surprise, but I'm opinionated. I know. I've hit it all this time. I think I get that from my mom. In a good way. I love the fact that I'm opinionated. Only some people don't see it as a negative, not myself. I love having opinions. It makes life way more fun. Um... But my, my, my opinion, my, my interaction, our interaction, our opinions, our process needs to always, we always need to be conscious of the things we don't know. There's a lot of things that a lot of people know, but there's also more than that that you don't. And we, I, I, I've preached on this a whole bunch of times in every angle that I could think of. Is that family and, and connection and relationship um, is is attacked by assumption. And assumption is the idea that you know something that you actually don't. <laughs> and the one way that I know to avoid that is to get it in your heart that there I'm always gonna I'm always gonna include and remember that I don't know things. And it seems simple, but we forget. We just do, we just forget. Forget that we don't that we don't know. Anyway, that's one. And then, of course, this I remember preaching this first message, and um, but that what you value will set your lifestyle and establish your culture. That what we, what we decide is important. It makes our decisions for us. It's how we choose. What we gonna, what path we're going to take, and what what walk we're going to, and then we choose that enough times, repetitively around enough people, and it actually becomes a culture. It becomes the way a people group thinks, and and it's important because if you we all want to at some level we want to affect culture, we want to create culture, uh, whether it's in our family, whether it's in our workplace, whether it's in our church, our town, our state, or whatever. But that traces back to what we decide is important right now. What do we deem valuable? And ideally, we get those values from the kingdom. What's important to him is important to us. What's important to the king becomes important to us. And as we value what is valuable in the kingdom, 
we, we live according to the kingdom and our culture mirrors that kingdom culture. Value creates lifestyle, creates culture. The other thing that um, has been huge in my life uh, is this that, I, that I'd leave you with is that offense is a choice. Offense is a choice and um, forgive first and seek to understand and learn later. Start with forgiveness. Sometimes we get those switched around the other way. That we seek to understand and learn about someone. And if we understand, then we can forgive them. But it's backwards. And in between uh, having your feelings hurt and however long it takes to, to understand and learn is where offense comes in. And remember that offense is a choice. It's not a choice to be hurt. You don't get that choice. Life is full of being hurt by other people, by situations, by whatever. And you all know that. It, it's not a choice to be hurt, but it is a choice to be offended. It is a choice to, to, to sit in your hurt until it grows to offense. And so uh, choose to forgive. And then this one too, I just got a couple more. Uh, only expect... Only expect what you're willing to contribute. Um, this is, I think, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of throwing this out uh, for all of us to, to grow in. Um, as we, as thinking about as Brandon's coming in and, and things are happening and, and we, all have, we all have ideas and stuff about what should happen or what, what will happen and we should do this or that or whatever. And ideas are obviously great we need ideas um, but don't expect something to happen that you're not willing to contribute don't expect someone to do something that you're not willing to do yourself and I this is something that has been um, a frustration to hold to probably all of us at some level and it doesn't mean that you have to be willing to contribute in every area just if you're not willing to contribute don't expect it to be there It's it's something that um, that unless you've led something that relied on attendance, it's very difficult to actually understand. Y'all don't know how important you actually are. We actually devalue our importance. Nobody will know. Nobody will notice if I'm not there. It'll be fine. It's, it's noticed. We know. Everybody knows. It's not a judgmental way. It's actually the other side of that. You're, you're really important. You're really important to, to everything that, that Brandon and Amy are currently dreaming. None of it exists without you. None of it exists. I can't do any of it. They can have the greatest ideas and preach the greatest messages. And, and they can even have their, their hand on the heartbeat of God. But without us, we won't see any of it happen. You're so valuable. The quality of our love is the platform of our gospel. I, um, I actually kind of stole half of that from somebody else 
Um, but I loved it, so I took it. Um, one of the things, actually, that, that Carl Ladd, a guy that I work with, um, when, we, when we're serving, he talks about the quality of our service is the platform of our gospel. And um, the church, obviously, is, is about service, and that's part of it. But this is more in our um, Bethel Global response as we're going to serve people. And, and so I, I kind of thought about that. And, and for church, it's really the quality of our love is the platform of our gospel. That we, our gospel is only as powerful as we're willing to love people or as well as we love people. The idea of, of, at least in our region of the world, the idea of people coming to church because they're supposed to is almost totally gone. And within a few more short years, it's going to be gone. People won't come to church because they're supposed to. But they will come to church because they're loved. They will receive a gospel because they're loved, because they're cared about. That idea never expires. The power of love, the power of of God is love, never expires. That culture is never out of style. And the power of of the gospel, the, the, you know, Brandon has talked about revival, seeing revival in this place, will hinge on how we love people. It will. It will. There will be other things that influence that. All the things influence, even the quality of our worship. The quality, like the, the, everything we do influences it. But it will hinge on our ability to love people. And this church is famous for it. I'm not saying it because you aren't doing it. I'm saying it as a reminder. Don't don't forget how important it is. I can't tell you countless times people have come in here, whether they're friends from another place or whether they're brand new, and they say, oh, I feel so loved here. It feels like family. All the time. I, I, I can't. I, I couldn't count. And then this last one I, I want, and then I'm going to end with, with something else. I, um, it's our responsibility it's our responsibility to help Brandon feel loved and empowered even more than it's his to make us feel that way. Everybody wants to fit in. Everybody wants to feel loved and connected and valuable when they come to church. But I believe that if we set it in our hearts, that it's, that it's our responsibility to make the person that's standing up here feel that, it benefits us than we prob- more than we probably know. And and I and I said that it's it's ours. It's about to become mine as I find a place to sit. It's been 20 years, more, 21 years, maybe, yeah, 21 years since I've sat in a church not as a staff member. I've visited a couple churches, but since I've actually had a home church where I wasn't on staff, it's been since I was a teenager. I'm about to turn 40.
That's a long time. Some, it kind of makes me nervous a little bit in some ways. But in some ways, I'm super excited. Because I've never got to be you guys. I just judge you and tell you what to do and what you should be doing. What's wrong with you all? Now I get to sit there all sheepishly going, oh, man, this is harder than I thought. Yeah, it's great. Come on in, the water's fine. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm excited about it, but there's things that I'm, I'm, I'm reminding myself of, too, that it's, it is really our responsibility, it's my responsibility, it's your responsibility to make sure the guy right back here doesn't fail. With all of these things that I've said, everything from as simple as just showing up, as realizing when you wake up in the morning, you're like, I don't feel like going to church today, or man, the sun's out and the boat's ready, or the, you know, whatever, that hiking trip or that camping trip. Like, I know, I get that. That's another thing I'm actually excited about, too. Like, I don't have to go to church today. (laughs) That's why I'm putting it in here. It is something else that I'm like, I don't have to go to church today. I'm sure I'm, that'll wear off pretty quick, I think. But I, um, but there is, there is, a, it, in my heart, I'm, I'm, my prayer is that it gets replaced as immediate with, I get to go to church today. I get to go to church. Nobody is expecting me. Nobody is, I mean, you don't understand what I mean. I don't mean nobody's expecting me. I mean, yeah, no responsibility. I get to sit in the back. I cannot talk to anybody. No, I, that would never happen. You know what I mean. And uh, and so I'm reminding myself of these things too. That it's um, it's our job. It's our responsibility to make sure Brandon and Amy and family, of course, all of them. But but Brandon, as our senior leader, it's our responsibility to make sure that he feels loved and powerful. That he feels followed and encouraged and lifted up, and that that we we transition that he's he he becomes our Moses, you know, he becomes our our leader. And when the when he moves into that position, and we get to 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 be in that position, I know it's it's old news for you guys, but um, it's an honor. It's an honor to. To lift up God's anointed. And next week, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We're anointing Him as a leader. It's a commissioning and anointing. We're praying Him in. And and, and we get to kind of set Him in that spot. That, that seat of honor. And it doesn't mean that He does everything right. It doesn't mean that we like everything He does. It doesn't mean that... that it doesn't mean any of those things. It means that we get to honor God's anointed. We just get to. It's just... What a, what a privilege for however long the next season is that he gets to, to be here. What a privilege it'll be to to make him look like a genius. To make all his dreams and visions, all the stuff that God's giving him, to, to, yeah, to make him look like a genius, make him look like the best pastor that's ever walked the planet. That's our, that's our responsibility. That's our job. And when he feels like that, and when he gets to be that person, 
Man, that's the best world for us. That's when you get someone's best. And that's what I'm excited about. I wanna I wanna end by just thanking some people and I I um I went back and forth about this because I don't want anybody to think I'm not thankful for them. But I, as I look around, like I, I just like I, I have stories about everybody and and um and so but I'm not gonna mention you all, so just prepare your hearts. I'm sorry. I love you all. Um but actually I wanted to start off with my parents and um <laughs> Uh, I've, I've talked about I've talked about you know my mom and dad a bunch over the years and um, some of most of them have been really good stories and probably blame them for things and I don't know my mom listens to all my messages so I I have to be careful what I say but uh, yeah but a lot of a lot of who I am um, I I owe to them. Um, obviously, I'm you know walking with the Lord for the years I have, and, and growing with with Him, and um, is a, is obviously a huge part of who I am and how who He created me to be. But my ability to grow up in a home that was loving and empowering and safe and encouraging, um, a lot of my ability to lead confidently um, came from from them. You know my both of them, but um, I got to work. I had the privilege of working with my dad for, um, I think, four years or so. I had summers for a bit, and then um, full time for. Before I became a youth pastor, I was doing youth pastoring kind of part time, and and getting to do painting and hardwood floors, and um, and he's pretty uh, he's pretty unassuming and um, in a lot of ways, but um, is one of the most integrous men that I've ever known and um, one of the things I learned from him was to uh, you always do what's right and you always do your best no matter what it costs you always always leave your best always do your best if you if there's a mistake if there's a something you didn't do right something you redo it do it over and do it with a smile and do it with good attitude. And, and uh, that's something I carry forever. I always, um, always do that. And my mom, um, probably, I mean, I, I, of course there's all, all kinds of other things that I learned from them. But um, And then just, again, like I said, growing up in a, in a safe, loving place allows, I think, God to meet you there too. But... Um, you know, faithfulness is one of the things I learned from my mom. That, um, yeah, like just her faithfulness in her relationship with God and um, pursuing Him through through challenges and difficulties and when things make sense and don't make sense. and um, Just the way that you are constant in that. You both are just so constant rocks in, in our whole family. You know, everybody knows that you know, all the grandkids and everybody knows that like they're they're all they're the rocks. They're no matter what's going on, no matter how bad you mess up your life, grandma and grandpa will always help you. Grandma and grandpa are always there. And um 
And uh, so that's, yeah, that's, that's amazing. And thank you guys for everything, all your encouragement and, and showing up on days that are important to me and um, listening to my messages and um, supporting us in every way. Yeah, this would would have been absolutely different without two amazing parents. So thank you. Um, and then of course, you know, over the years we've I've had different different staff, um, different people that have worked here. But uh, you know, I want to thank Dave and Shanna and um, for everything you've you've brought. Um, everything that you've been and done to pour into this place and to love these people and to cover my backside. And, um, the friendship, and the influence, and the prayers, and that's all of it been good and uh, again we wouldn't and specifically with worship there's uh, um, I know we went through those season and even uh, Bob Kilpatrick talked about it in church where the worship leaders um, we, we joke around about the worship leaders job was to prepare the crowd for the message and of course we joke around about it we know that's not true worship is about God <laughs> But um, but there is something to giving a position, creating an atmosphere where people's hearts are in a position to receive. And you guys do it amazing. Where it's like you just turn them into putty. And so for these. You know, last bunch of years, it's it's been an honor to follow you. It's been an honor to follow um, the time that we get to spend worshiping. It's been a pleasure and an honor to worship with you, um, both of you. And so, anyway, thank you. And then uh, Tim and Anna. I shared about Tim yesterday or last week. So, a whole bunch of my stories include Tim trying to hurt me. Yeah, the ones I can't tell you. Um, but again, thank you for your friendship. Thanks for, for both of you. Thanks for um, being there for me and encouraging me and being a, a sounding board and uh, praying for me. And... Um, I think we've Tim and I have, have uh, had this. Um, I was actually asking Shannon. I wonder what it'll be like. What will change being friends with Tim and not being his boss? And I and I and I thought I, I don't think anything. Um, and being able to 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 do that, knowing that someone will will be real, will tell you the truth, tell you what they think about whatever you're doing or we're doing or whatever um it's it's an admirable quality and 
and I appreciate your humility and um, and all the talks we've had and adventures we've had and um, and uh, yeah. But again, we wouldn't we wouldn't be here and everything you've done, of course, with the course and um, taking a program and and just continually just making it better while keeping the the integrity of my vision intact and uh it's it's been amazing and i appreciate that so much um shelly shelly has um, served in a bunch of different ways um Shelly, we have um, we grinded some things out, but you've always been my my rear guard, and uh, you've always yeah, you've always been there. You've always. Um, protected and and uh, you protected the things that I that I care about the things that I love and um, and um, in a lot of ways you're a mom to me and a friend and um you stepped up when, when the church needed you in the office. Served us practically, but have been a prayer warrior for long before I was here. And I, uh, I don't know. I, I can't imagine how different. Where else, where we'd be without Shelly, and uh, I appreciate you dealing with being led by a younger person, and uh, through all the 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 challenges, you always loved me, and I knew it, and this. Thank you. Thanks for being there. Thanks for serving this group of people and loving them. And of course, there's a bunch more, but I want to I want to mention Denise too. Denise, are you in here? Where are you? She's back. She's gone. She's out there. Okay. She's hurting. I know her hips hurting. But Denise is man. Denise is a oh. I saw the door just open. Oh, it's Mike. Denise is amazing. I know you guys know it. She's just a worker. And uh, always willing to... When Denise shows up, what you thought was going to be good enough gets better. Like, she's just... She puts that touch on it. And, and yeah. And just just everything about having her having her around and... And if you don't know, Denise um, 
serves in the kitchen and does all the kitchen stuff and is a wonderful cook and and, and all that and organizing and doing all that, but also cleans the, the building and and um, which is is a thankless job. It's like I. It's like, man, I just cleaned up this mess. Do it again. Uh, it's it's a tough job, but she always does it with a smile on her face and and um, and a great attitude and and yeah, and excellence. Yeah, everything is so just great, and um, she's just an amazing um, amazing employee, but also just an amazing woman, an amazing person, and uh, so honored to have her with us. Um, next, I just I, I mentioned Bev and Barry before, and, and bear with me. It's gonna. I know we're going long, but um, like I said, you can leave if you need to. Um, I won't call you out or anything. Um, Bev and Barry, you know, as as elders, have just believed in believed in us, believed in me for for this whole time, and and uh, I know you guys pray for me and give me advice and. Me direction and messages and just thanks for everything your your history and your love and your wisdom and um, your faithfulness and um, just so appreciate you guys I can't I can't imagine um, pastoring with without you guys in our corner it's been just amazing and um, and while they recently stepped down Garrett and Jody served on our elder team for for most of the time we were here and. Um, I've I've shared before that you know Garrett. This, for those of you that experienced the hug from Garrett, it's always wonderful and encouraging. And, and um, yeah, I'm sure Jody, you've had, if you should get one, if you haven't, they're they're amazing. Um, but again, both of you guys just so so encouraging. Um, you know, believing in us and encouraging us and. Um, and it's been amazing. And then, of course, kind of the the third musketeers, maybe, is you know, Bill and Judy, which aren't here, you know, um, that have been on, on that elder team for a long time, long, long time. Recently have stepped down and are now in Reading. But but again, just um, this this group of, of, of three um, have believed in a lot of pastors. And encouraged a lot of pastors and prayed over a lot of pastors and, and um, just their willingness to get behind and they were the ones sitting there when I was like yeah challenge course and I remember Jody just trying to figure out what I was even talking about like what in the world um, but but there was that sense of do what's in your heart to do and they believed in me when they didn't even really know what I was talking about and and it's it's powerful and uh, I used to say and still say that that um, it's it, it's impossible to fail with a, a group of elders like this. And, you know, we added uh, later on Buck and Annie, and uh, Annie's not here right now, but um, faithfully served on the on the elder team, and um, and then of course Shelley's been an elder too, and uh, is that all our elders? Oh, and and Tim and Anna stepped into being elders too, and um, just a wonderful wonderful team and um, and then of course we have um, a board too and uh, Ted who was our uh, Ted Smith who was 
uh, served as our deacon for a bunch of years and took care and still does. Like he pretends that he kind of took the back, but we still call him every time we need anything. And he faithfully shows up and fixes everything we need and, and uh, knows all of, all the stuff. And so we, um, you know, just served and then we brought him on as a, as a board member and um, just loves you guys really well and cares really well for you guys and 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 the excellence of this building and and the grounds and all those things just has a has a heart for it and and I just I just appreciate you so much Ted and, and I know I don't I don't get to say it that much and and then um, uh, recently brought on Julie I think it's been a year a little over a year or something like that and, um, who if you know Julie's just brilliant and um, has brought another uh, level to our board of intelligence. <laughs> the IQ, average IQ in the room went up when <laughs> Julie showed up. She's saying things and using words we don't know. That's wonderful. I know you don't think of yourself like that, but I do. It's like Julie's always got a good, a good, um, a good way to see something that's excellent and that's God's heart and that's experienced and wise and um, and I'm sure tons of that comes from you, Chris. But, um, anyway, we just thank you so much, Julie, for doing that. I know when when I asked Julie to step in, she was swamped, busy, and and her life was in just tons. Everybody was pulling in all different directions, and um, and so I was one more person pulling, and she um, listened to the Lord. Me and the Lord were, and uh, and and was willing to step into that, and, and so I just appreciate that so much. You add so much, and then of course Bobby. That same that same time, uh, we we invited Bobby on, and um, he bucked a little bit, but uh, but again, me and the Lord. But uh, but Bobby, uh, not just as a, as a board member, but as a friend, and. Um, you know, you you kind of first started coming here right around the same time I got here, and uh, it's been an honor. Um, of course, it's been an honor to be your friend, and um, but also it's been an honor to be your pastor and get to um, you know have conversations over plumbing projects and different things that. Um, and and I would say this, and I actually have said it multiple times, but um, but Bobby is actually one of the most generous people that I know, and um, generous with his time, generous with his money, generous with his uh, wisdom, generous with, I mean, he's just that guy that, if, man, I need something, and he's like, I'm on my way, and, um, and you've been that guy for a long time for me, and um, and, and now you're you have become and are that guy for this body. And you guys don't really know, but uh, probably to the extent, but that he serves you and and um, you know not just as a board member, but just in profession and um, takes care of things and does things. And Tim and I were trying to fix a leak the other day, and we just didn't really know. And Bobby's like, "Forget it. I'm just going to come fix it." So he comes over and fixes it. And, uh, and you know, trying to have taking pictures of things. And anyway, um, thanks so much for stepping in, stepping up, 
and it's not the easiest thing to do to, to, to step into that but um, just appreciate you so much and and um, you know there's a, I, I could I could go through and kind of thank everybody and I just don't have the time and I would be afraid that I would leave somebody out but um, your guys' love for me has meant so much like I look around and your encouragement and your love and the little things that you say of like, oh, that was a great message or that was a, that meant a lot to me or, um, you know, that thing, whatever. Um, don't sell yourself short. Like, um, Jeanette, I just saw you. You're, you've been such a loving mom to me and um, so encouraging. And it's not even been that long. How long? You guys have been here three years now? Yeah. And uh, just from we just we just fell in love the first time we saw each other and um, and Dean you too and just love your family and you guys have been such a uh, uh, I know a lot bunch of you women that are now following Jeanette just amazing brought so much life to to um, a section of of a part of our body that needed it and just love that and uh, anyway. <laughs> It's time for lunch, so uh, I, we're not going anywhere. We're not, we're, you know, so we're going to be around. But um, I just wanted to say thank you. I just wanted to tell you guys that I love you. And um, gosh, I wish I could say thanks to all of you guys. But, um, thank you. Okay, I gotta say two more. Sorry. Um, to these guys right here, Kevin and Maggie. Um, I've just appreciated you guys so much, and um, actually, I was thinking about you a couple of weeks ago, and um, and thinking about this next season and praying into this next season, and you're. You guys are approaching a new season, and it's and it's quite a bit different, and it's and it's a whole bunch more fun. And it's been like this. I've seen kind of this. How you guys just had such a rough patch, and um, and I don't know. I just see you, both of you, kind of. how to explain it but um, I'll try, I feel like I'm supposed to explain it as a runner but not to pretend like I'm a runner because I don't know this but I've heard it so as you're when you're running for a season you start to get tired you start to get tired you start to get tired and then you hit something that is like like oh there there I am like you have to push through that wall and for those of you running if I just pretend like it's called a runner what a runner tie Runner's high. So you hit, you're going to hit. Your, you're bound to hit your runner's high. And um, yeah, where where like things just start like making sense. Things start. They stop being a struggle. They stop being. Uh, and I don't mean struggle as in like crippling struggle. I mean struggle as in we have to push this thing to get momentum. Things start actually kind of maintaining their own momentum. And and uh, as I was just thinking and praying for you guys, I just felt that. And I wanted to say thanks for thanks for pushing through. And thanks for bringing us into your life. And um, 
I'm excited to watch your kids grow and watch you guys really like set a pace that is that is quite amazing and um, that's exciting. And then the the second one is Walt and Sharon. Um, I have a yay. Um, I was thinking about you guys too just a couple days ago and. As I was thinking through all of the, like, I mean, I've thought about you guys all, but um, we've journeyed. You guys came just right after, right before I got here, about the same time. And, um, and man, you guys have been on a journey, like, you know, building a ministry. And, um, and I just want to commend you so much for not giving up. Like, commend you so much for, like, we have this in our heart. Because so many times I was just like, I don't know how to help you. Good luck. And you guys were like, no problem. That's fine. And, and, and so I just want to say, like, way to go. Like, way to keep up, keep it up. Like, um, yeah, you're, you guys are, you guys are mom and dad for so many, uh, in our town that we don't get to see or touch and, and for some that are, but, um, yeah, keep, keep up that, keep up that the pace and and keep going you guys are doing so good and and uh yeah blessing blessing to you so i think that's it i gotta stop her all right why don't you show them appreciation one more time